Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. 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 Alright, what's going on? Welcome to Off the Bench. Danny Canal, Rajah Bell. Our boy is back after a little birthday celebration yesterday. You went yeah. fishing? Yeah, I took my boys and my dad fishing, man. Nice. Bought a bunch of mahi, some sails. It was a good day. Alright, I want to yeah. get some fishing stories later in the show. No Maybe doubt. for some leftovers, we'll get some fishing stories. Yeah. I want to hear how big it was, the big one that you caught. Uh, we got a lot of NFL to get to, a lot of college football, but yesterday afternoon, around 2.30, 3 o'clock, you get a bombshell report in the NBA. That Jimmy Butler has formally requested a trade. He wants out. It's not working out. He's, you know, there's dissension on the team. And so you're watching this unfold and you're like, all right, what is this? You know, what is really going on? What's happening behind the scenes? And then as has been kind of normal for the NBA, things kind of move from, all right, the reporters, Woj and Shams are reporting the, the news to, all right, speculation, guys talk, social media, it starts to blow up. Are you aware of what's been going on? Cause it's kind of like a solid, it's like when you used to watch like a Melrose place or something. Right. If you miss an episode, you had to go back and watch it and be like, what did I miss? You have to stay up to date on these things. Yeah. I got caught up real quick. So the way I understand it is Jimmy Butler wanted to trade. Yep. Nick Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins brother put something out on Instagram saying like hallelujah or something like that. Right. So what we have is we have Nick Wiggins screenshot. Okay. So let's have a look at Nick Wiggins comes out. So Andrew Wiggins brother yep. is out there saying, all right, well, hallelujah. We're, we're going to be free from Jimmy Butler, whatever that means. I guess that's, that's what favorite. he's saying. Oh. And this is on Sham Serenia's post that says that was requested. So Nick Wiggins is out there saying hallelujah. So everybody's on social media. So you know Jimmy Butler is going to get wind of this. He knows who Nick Wiggins is, knows that's his brother. So he's out working out. Jimmy Butler's working out out the West Coast. Right. Here was his response. Hallelujah. Keep that same energy. Let the church say amen. <laughs> so and he knows like it's such a like a passive aggressive because he knows it was said hallelujah. Like you know what he says, hallelujah when, right. when you're out there working out. So he posts that video, which is kind of a response. You see that. So don't, Go ahead. <laughs> again, I mean, look, Twitter, I mean, they don't, we don't sponsor our show, so I can say whatever I want. Yeah, you can say whatever you Stay want. Stay off of it. Stay off of it. There's no reason for Andrew Wiggins, number one, to be firing any kind of shade at, at a teammate, let alone his brother firing at Jimmy Butler in the wake of hearing, you knew something was wrong. I did. I knew there was something wrong in Minnesota. There's no way you accumulate that kind of talent and just not do anything with it. And yeah, some of that falls on Tom Thibodeau, but Tom Thibodeau's had talent before and he's been able to cultivate it and, and mold it into some sort of winning formula. His inability to do that in Minnesota, I think squarely put the focus for me on what was going on in that locker room with some of those younger players. Because again, the Jimmy Butlers of the world, um, um, the Jamal Crawfords of the world, they've won before. The only ones who haven't are the young guys, are the Andrew Wiggins, are the Carl Anthony Towns, um, those guys. And so while I'm not in the locker room and I don't know, now my, my scope, my focus kind of narrows and I'm now looking at you guys as maybe being the reasons. Everyone knew that there was a, there is a beef there. You don't need to go out there and your bro- brothers, uncles, aunts, dads, moms, like you saw with the dad the other day at UCLA. Yep. Don't do that. 
And so you can, I, I'll follow up. You continue with the story. All right. And cause I no, think cause Jack, I, I think Jack is correct on this. All right. Well, so Steven Jackson comes out and he's, he's in our business. He's a broadcaster now. So he does a lot of work. So he's going to give his opinion. He sees what's unfolding as Wiggins brother is out there trying Jimmy Butler. So he weighs in and basically calls out Andrew Wiggins and his brother and a little mock conversation. Let's listen to that. Say this out of conversation should have went with, uh, Andrew Wiggins and his brother, when Andrew found out his brother sent out that tweet about hallelujah and all that, right? I'm Andrew Wiggins. Say, big bro, I don't think you should have sent that tweet out. Why you say that? Because, you know, Jimmy Butler, man, he played with a lot of heart. He played hard. He played with a lot of heart. And I ain't got no heart. Now, you want to get on social media and talk about Jimmy? We lose him. My team ain't got no heart. Now, if you're going to take me uh, to the Wizard. And, uh, help me find a yellow big road to give me a heart, then cool. You can talk about Jimmy all you want. Cause you know, I ain't got no heart. So, you gonna take that back or, or help me find a yellow big road and take me to the wizard, man? Cause I ain't got no heart at all. That's why Cleveland traded me. No, <laughs> you ain't got no heart. And your brother, you ain't gonna play basketball. Why you worry about that, bro? All right. So then Wiggins. And this is uh, Andrew Wiggins. He responds to Stephen Jackson. Old dude stay hating like he was anything special. Bum ass. I keep that same energy everywhere I go. And then it wasn't over yet. We don't have time to show all the Stephen Jackson. Stephen Jackson came back at Andrew Wiggins and basically called him out and basically was like, look, you're a good player. I just want you to play with some heart. And then he, he along with off, some other, along with finish some, it off with I'll catch you in traffic. I'll catch you in traffic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep that same energy when you see me. You exactly, know exactly. Oh man! All right, where I just got lost in my own training. Right, because it's hard. There's a lot. There's a lot. Like Melrose on. Place back in the day, you got to find out who Billy is going with right. and all that. Yeah, Jack is correct. Maybe on both fronts, but I'm not going to speak on the heart with Andrew Wiggins because I don't know. I don't watch their right. games enough. I haven't done a deep enough dive into like his. His, his games. I don't know, but he is right in that his brother, Nick Wiggins needs to STFU. Yes. Stop. Yeah. If there's no good that can come from that, you have, you have not earned the right. This was a source of a lot of like, a lot of anger for me when I was in the NBA. The, the entourage ish people, the, the brothers, the uncles, like whoever your people are, your boys, y'all ain't earned the right to say a damn thing. So you, if somebody's got a beef, if Danny Canal's got a beef, then Danny can now can express that beef, but we don't need like the bystanders, the people who haven't earned the right out there chirping. And I agree with Steven Jackson in that. Like, look, you, you shouldn't have done that. If I am your brother and you went out and tweeted, you know, I, I don't need those problems, bro. I don't need you out there doing that. I can handle my own business. Right. Um, and so that was a bad look, but in turn, look again, there may be something there. Like, there might be. I don't know. I haven't done the research, so I'm not going to unequivocally say that Andrew Wiggins has no heart, but it's not the first time I've heard that. It's not. Like, that's been something that... I think uh, the one thing I was wondering about this, and Steven Jackson plays in the same era that you did, almost the same age, right? I think there is, and I think it's natural tendency for guys that are older to look at younger players and see them making a lot more money than they made yeah. and 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 accuse them of playing with less aggressiveness, well, less care. And I think it's natural. And I think this one specifically at Wiggins, but I think that would be a thought process that comes from the generation before. Cause you've heard a lot of guys complain, even like about the defense that's played <laughs> now. Nobody plays any defense and the game is changing and it's not as physical as it used to be. Yeah. So I get some of that from the older gen and I get the younger generation say, 
hold on, old men, like Correct. let us play our game. This one is more personal at his effort and his heart, and that's where it kind of goes. Where Stephen Jackson better know something or better talk to some people that that hear that. Yeah, well, Stephen Jackson. So twofold. One, yeah, I think. There is some of that from Steven Jackson. There were guys the era before me. Right. They probably looked at me and our generation and were, you know, talking a bunch of trash. Like, you know, have Twitter so they could fire it off <laughs> right. at any second. But they were doing that. So I think that's natural. And I think there probably is some resentment. Like, I mean, I, I harbor some. I really don't care because I wasn't like an Andrew Wiggins max guy. Like, right. But yeah, the money, like sometimes I see some of the contracts that guys who do less than I did in the NBA make and it's like human nature. You're like, absolutely. Like, what, I'm the same what would way. I be worth I'm in the, the NBA way. now? Not when I see guys that are getting paid like the star. I get mad when I see backup quarterbacks right. getting made four or five million. I'm like, man, I could have used that. Like it's human nature. So yes, that's happening. Um, certainly happening. But what I'll say to Steven Jackson, Steven Jackson, I don't play a lot of basketball anymore. Like I play golf or I coach my kids. Like I don't, I don't have the time. My body doesn't feel like I want to play it like that. Jack apparently does. Like he's right. big three and probably a junkie to where he's in whatever game is going on. He's in LA a lot, uh, doing the Rachel Nichols thing with, with, yep. with, um, and so there are games going on all the time. He's probably played in pickup games with Andrew Wiggins. I would, I would bet. I can't say for sure, but he's probably played in Those enough UCLA games. pickup games. Yeah, absolutely. Out there. And so when you play with with the guy, you're not, you're not guessing anymore as to whether or not he has heart or, you know, he's tough because you, you felt it like that. It jumps off the page immediately when you're in a game. So he may have more insight into that than you or I or, or any other person sitting behind a desk who hasn't played with him. Uh, but again, like that was the knock and it's, it wasn't just on, on, on Wiggins, but Carl Anthony Towns kind of had the same questions about him. Right. And, it, you know, heart means different things to different people. You know, and, and so when you see older guys or, you know, even guys that are still playing that may be from a, the generation before, when you take all of that talent and you're a number one pick and you're six, I don't know, eight, six, nine, I was at his workout, um, when I was with the Cleveland front office and I mean, the skill set, the athleticism, the ability to, to shoot, I mean, at that size, it's, it's like, it's the rarest of stones. It's, it's incredible. And so when you drop it into an NBA, uh, culture and it doesn't, translate to wins there are going to be guys that question whether you have the makeup they're not questioning whether you score 20 points a game but and, you know a lot of people can score 20 points a game in the nba right it's whether you can do that and win that's what kind of separates you and puts you in the in the tier of player that's worthy of a number one draft pick and i think that's what some people question about him i think when you look at the question of heart because i think this happens across all sports and I, I this is where i would kind of i would qualify it and put these in, in players in different categories I think some guys, it's not even necessarily hard. It's like, what's your motivation? Why do you play the game? Right. You play it for what it brings you, money, fame, you know, lifetime security. Right. Or do you play it for to win because you love the game of basketball? And some guys probably do it for both. Right. But I think what, when you get, when you get an accusation like this, it says, oh, well, you're only playing because you just like the money or you don't even care about winning or doing the extra work. And I think that's human. Like when I was in the NFL, I would say, 70% of the guys that play just do it for the money. It's a job. Right. If they weren't paid as much money, they would not play. You think football's different? I do, because it's more of a grind. Right. Because basketball, we, I would, I would flip that. I would, right. I'd even say like 85, 15, like right. 85% of us were, were, were Love junkies. We yeah. would have been playing in a pickup game well, if at, we weren't in the NBA. Perfect example. Like look at how many guys in the NBA stay you know, you, cause you can do it. It's a different sport, but there aren't, there's no one in the NFL that goes and plays seven on seven somewhere you yeah. know, or in some league and goes out. They train for football, but it's a sport right. you can't really play. And if they weren't making this money, 
there is no chance they would still do that to their bodies. It's a physical harm. You know, like they would not subject themselves to injuries unless they were making this type of money. Now there is a select, maybe I think it might even be less than 30%. Yeah. That, that actually love the game and would say, I would play this for a hundred grand a year. I don't care. It means care. to an end for a lot of people. Absolutely. Which is, I think you're seeing that. And I'm okay with it. Like I was that, I was that way to a big extent. Like I didn't love going out there and playing and getting wrecked every time. I right. loved the fame. I loved what it brought you. I loved the paycheck. But if you would have said, you know what? We're not going to pay you this much anymore. I'd have been, forget it. See you later. See. And basketball, I love, I think everybody who plays sports loves to play basketball. Like right. it's a fun sport to go out and play. Like you go play some pickup hoops, you go run, you get a couple runs and it's a blast. Like it's fun. My son loves playing basketball. <laughs> That's another story. Uh, no, I, he will. He will. But here, Andrew Wiggins and Sir Nick Wiggins. Yeah. Right? Oh, do I have a camera? Can I go into the camera? Yeah, let's hear it. I don't know how you guys are built. Like, I don't. I don't know what hood you come from in Toronto. I don't know if you guys get down like that. What I will say is, Stephen Jackson and Port Arthur, Texas, is a very real thing, and he is not playing with you. On Instagram that you may think is Kiki and like this is back and forth shots fire for the media. This is not for him. So be very careful what you do next in terms of insulting the man and thinking it's a joke because I assure you it is not. All right. Let's look at this from a, for real. Like, do you think there's a chance of this happening? Uh, so the rumors uh, are Clippers, Knicks, and Nets are the rumors. Oh, uh, I thought you meant <laughs> Stephen Jackson running up. Yes, I can assure you <laughs> that, that yeah, that's that happening. Happen. Yes. All right, what about this trade actually happening to some of these yeah, it's gonna happen. he wants to go to? Well, to the teams that he wants to go to. But uh, he's given them three, the Clippers, Knicks, and Nets. All yeah. losing teams. All like It's like, all right, but they do have the space to sign him. For so the Knicks, I wouldn't think, would do it. They've already been in this situation before with Carmelo Anthony where they gave up the farm for someone that they could have gotten in free agency at the end of the year, and you saw how that turned out. It sent them into a decade-long rebuild, right? You got a guy, you know he's targeting big markets. It's obvious by the list that he put out. He's targeting, you know, situations where he can have multiple stars. You already have one in Chris Stapps. Don't Don't go out there and give up all of the, the surrounding pieces to get him right now. So the Knicks, I do not see them giving up the farm to get to get Jimmy Butler. Um, what about the Clippers who might have some space? There's rumors about Kawhi possibly joining up with him going there. I could see the Clippers doing something like that. I could st- see Steve Ballmer. They've got some pieces um, that the Timberwolves could use. Um, they got Tobias Harris. They got Lou Williams. They have... Uh, they're escaping me, but there's some veterans there that you could maybe plug and play in the Minnesota situation. And then Kawhi has obviously made it known that he would want to play there. So Jimmy, it's hard for me. I think Jimmy's priorities are big markets. Like I think that's the number one priority. Not those three teams, right? Big markets. Right. You're talking New York and yeah. LA. And, um, I think that the flexibility to have a, another number one max guy is number two. And I don't know how how far apart those two are for him. Um, winning seems to be number three. And, I, and this is Which I a, think goes back to Steven Jackson's comment about him. Like, where are your priorities? Where is your heart? It's more about... About Wiggins or Jimmy yeah, Butler? No, about... Oh, it's, well, so both. Like, I think both of them. But Butler's yeah. more of a competitor. Guy. He is, but yeah. this can... The, uh, my next sentence volumes. is going to be like, that's interesting to me because he doesn't come across like that type of dude. But it's clear that... Because he's a Thibodeau guy. That whatever is surrounding that, you know, in his, in his locker, like he doesn't love that and he doesn't think that's going to give him a great opportunity to win going forward. So there was, there was one more rumor to the story <laughs> about Carl Anthony Towns and, and like possibly a woman coming between them, which can be a very real thing. Now, Carl Anthony Towns did respond to an Instagram post and said, this is fake news. Yeah. But you wonder where it got so bad to this point where he wants out and all these guys are calling it, you know, each other out. You wonder where this really is. Yeah. I would hope that it, I would look. I, I would just hope that that's not the this, this source of this. That's that's all I'll say on that. I I just 
It, that can't, <laughs> right. that can't. No, I am with you, but it wouldn't be shocking. Yeah. Right. Like, so, all right. So we'll put a little bow on this. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be revisiting this as more rumors will come. Yeah. Out. I'm sure right. there will be more Twitter beefs and yep. more guys will be talking. Be careful, bro. Be careful. They, they, careful. they, they can't don't help be. themselves just like me. Everybody can. Right. Once you got it, you can. You're the smart one who doesn't have Twitter. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. We have to get to a lot of NFL because yeah. I think you're going to be surprised who the favorite is in tonight's Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. I'll let you in know on that coming up next on Off the Bench. All right, what's up? Welcome back to Off the Bench. Let's do some NFL because Josh Gordon, officially a New England Patriot. We talked a little bit about on Monday. Mm. Now that he's on the squad, I think it's going to be really interesting how this plays out because he's one of the most talented athletes in the NFL. I think he could be a top three wide receiver, of course, if he gets things fixed from a personal standpoint. I love the fact, the first thing I hear about him, they put his locker next to guess who? Thomas Brady? Yes. Yeah. Right next. I think that's perfect. Like Absolutely. that's the type of influence he needs to have. The thing I worry about, is he going to live with Brady? Like, is he going to go home with him every night? Is Brady going to drive him to work every day to make sure he's there on time? And right. Early and to study film after. If that was the thing, and if I was Brady, I would consider it. I'd be like, you know what? You can stay with me. You can stay in <laughs> guest, my house. I've the got guest, a guest house is set up. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Got the cameras, wing. surveillance everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, you really keep an eye on him. And then you say, when well, we're going to wake up, we're going to go to bed, put That's him right. on the TV 12. We set the alarm at 10. Don't, you don't talk leave. about the perfect, like perfect, uh, role that could, that Josh Gordon could play. He could be the spokesman for TB12 lifestyle, the method, all of it. This and is very true. Up. Get him on the right, you need right, to get right with, track. You need to get with his PR people a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Um, but if we talked about this. I don't know if we talked on air or off air, but if I were the Pats, the conversation with Josh Gordon would have been to the effect of like, this is, this is what we have in place for you coming in. This is what we expect out of you in terms of allowing us to kind of mold you. If you don't have any interest in having us help you help you, then this probably isn't the place for you. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? Like I, I would have, I would have divulged all this up front. Look, we got a guy. You're gonna be right next to Tom Brady. We think that's great, but we're gonna have somebody. All right, he's gonna he's gonna be your guy. You need something, you holler at him. But he's also going to be in place to make sure that we can keep tabs on on what's going on in your personal life. We just need a little insurance, you know, on our end, you know. But I would have divulged all of that up front, and I would have hoped. That Josh Gordon would have been like, yeah, man, I'm down for that because that would have given me a little insight into where he was mentally, whether he just, you know, didn't care and this was a situation where, you know, he hasn't learned the lesson yet or if he was a dude who really was interested in turning his life around and was accepting of the help. For sure. So Vegas put out the odds for his uh, over under totals for touchdowns and reception yards. Yep. Seven and a half touchdowns. Over. 875 yards. Mm. I think they're both slam dunk overs. If he buys in, if he buys that's in. the thing. And when I guarantee you, when he's sober, and this is the hard part that's really tough, when he's sober and he's talking to the Patriots, he's like, yeah, I'm going to buy in. Right. And then the demons creep in. And this is a very serious issue that he's dealt with since he was 12. And he's talked about it at different you know, outlets, how he's been addicted to different substances, various things since he was 12. So this is not a goofball type situation where, hey, he's just got to be more disciplined. This is a very real demon that he's having to deal with. If he gets the help, he will smash these numbers. I think he, I do. I think he'll be good. And again, I think there's a shelf life here, right? Like right. the, the percentages would suggest that at some point there's some sort of relapse, right? In the future. I mean, that's, and I don't mean that I, I hope that it's not the case for him, but just the percentages of people re- in recovery 
to, uh, would, would have some sort of relapse. But I think in the short term, in, in this one season, uh, scenario, I think that he could be very good. And I think that if they protect him, he will buy in. And I think there'll be an element of buy in from him, even without their protection. But I right. don't know how much longevity there is in that. When Rand, I think he could be the same type of connection that Randy no Moss doubt. had. If no he doubt. buys in, cause he's physically just as gifted. Randy Moss had 23 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns, and 13 touchdowns. But all, every season over, well over a thousand yards. I think he could have those types of numbers. He's only 27 year, years old, but he's obviously been dealing with these issues for a while. I hope I I would love to see the success story work. Like, and I know Patriot, like everybody who hates the Patriots, is like oh, I don't want. I would love to see this work out for him. Why? But why? Why hate the Patriots if your if your team doesn't have like the well, it's the, like every, the stones hey, to hey, go out there and do that no, though. I'm like talking about from a franchise, but yeah, like that's so Bill Belichick and the right. Patriots. Buy though, right? low, sell high. Absolutely, like don't hate they on them. Walk and they go out and get these guys on the street and they take these risks. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's low risk. I don't know that I could ever run a franchise because when I sat in there with like David Griffin and Trent Redden and Kobe Altman and they'd be there's all this intel on guys, right? Yeah, like we're going through and they're asking me about. You know, Danny Cannell on the field and I'm going through like pluses and minuses and how I work with us. And then they're digging into a file and they're like, well, you know, we talked to a staffer in New York and they said this, this and this about him and whoopty whoopty woo about him. And I'm like, dude, I don't give a damn. I'd like, he is a boss. Like, right. get him here. If we can get him for a good price, get him and we'll work it out. Like we'll, we'll, we'll put now, things on. What type of information do they get? Is it like, well, he showed up late. He was only there 50 oh, minutes you before. Would, no, he doesn't listen. care. Like, is it really a deep dive? Like, it's it's so I like felt, an FBI file. And I, I would get into it with them about this. It's an FBI file. And <laughs> Not serious. The, the, your source must be credible. Like, you must have a, a, a source that has... Do they name their sources in these meetings? No. It'll just say... And this is, this is plugged into a database, right? And so you can click on... And so I did. Like, I clicked on my name <laughs> to see what it said, right? Yeah. And there was a report... From somebody in Charlotte, I I gotten traded to Charlotte, and there was a report in there that said, you know, not a good dude, like doesn't whatever, like he's got, you know, a bunch of kids, and like it said something about like my wife comes to a game and there's another kid there that I don't even know if it's his, and and I was livid because first of all, you've got this in my file that lives forever in your system, yeah. And yeah, I was pissed when I got traded to Charlotte. Like this guy probably came and got me off a plane or something and I was salty to be there. My time in Charlotte ended well. And you got my family and you're questioning whether one of the kids that my wife has aren't mine. Like this isn't stuff that I think should be in someone's personnel file. And if it is, like you better make damn sure that the dude who gave you that information doesn't have an axe to grind against me or Danny or that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that stuff can't be the reason you make personnel decisions in major sports. And so I used to argue with, with Griffin, those dudes all the time. I was like, I, I think it's irresponsible. Did but you ever track the dude down in Charlotte? No, there's no name. Uh -huh. There's no we name. Got, we got I kind of like, look, hey, what are you going to yeah. do? At that point, what right. are you going to do? But right. It's already out there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Other NFL news. Aaron Rodgers, we saw him come back. A lot of speculation. Would he come back against yeah. the Vikings? He does. I think he's one of the toughest dudes out there. Mm -hmm. He just had all the security, you know, all the money up front. He gets the extension, highest paid player in the NFL. I think he felt some pressure on himself. I just got paid. I need to be out there for my team. I, I am concerned, though, and we talked about this. Do you risk him having a nagging injury all year long, or do you do you suck it up for a couple weeks, two or three weeks, let him have off, and maybe you lose those games, but at least you get Aaron Rodgers back at 100%. He talked about it with Rob Domofsky of ESPN.com and talked about his injury. He said, obviously, there's a concern. Hopefully, it goes the other way, though, because he was talking about his injury, saying you know it might get worse, and talked about the uh, there was a deep bone bruise, damaged ligament, 
He's wearing a large brace. We saw that thing was a monster. They call it Blue Steel. It actually has its name. When you have a brace that has its own name, like <laughs> that's when you know you have a problem. And he told reporters on Wednesday that obviously it won't be 100%, so I'll just adjust accordingly to how I'm feeling and try to get through it. Yeah. Um, this is concerning it, it, me if I'm a Packers fan. And you're worried about it. Like, this is going to nag him the entire season. Yeah, you would have a bone bruise like that. You're not getting and any rest. And a ligament tear. Like, if there's a slight tear or whatever it is, MCL is what I think it is. It needs rest. It needs to be totally kept the weight off it, do your rehab. The fact that he didn't, I think, and I think he can play through it, but I think it's going to affect him all year long. And maybe he can still be great with that, but well, you wonder what's going to be missing from his game. What's going to be missing, and then what else are you jeopardizing by going out there and playing with, with an injury like that? Like Sometimes it's not the, the, the acute injury itself that, that you're putting at risk of being worse. It's It's... When you throw off that kinetic chain and you're favoring that left knee because, yes. you know, it's got a tear and you can't drive through, like, do you wind up doing something to a, you know, your back or a hip flexor or do you, you know, is there an adductor or something? So those are concerns. If you don't have the same escapability and you can't move, like, do you, do you wind up subjecting him to another one of those collarbone injuries? Cause he, I don't know the answer. I, what I would imagine is they were playing the percentages. Like you, you said that like, you go 0 and 2 in the NFL, like the chances of you making the playoffs 10%. are like 10%, right? Yep. So you needed to get that week one win, right? He comes back in, he gets the win against the Bears. The push against the Vikings was huge because now you're a 1 and 1. But now I'm starting to play percentages a little bit, right? I got yep. the Redskins and then I have what the Bills. Yep. Like I'm looking at that and I'm like, man, if I'm 2 and 2 after that, we're still fine. You know what I mean? Like yep. we're still good. We got out of the shoot. We're, 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 we're viable. Now I want to get him a little bit of rest. That's the way I would be looking at it. See if I could buy him two, three weeks worth, worth of rest. You know, right. maybe there's a bye week somewhere in there where you could squeeze him three weeks of rest. Like that would be my goal if I were the, the Packers. But and what's a little bit tricky is I wonder if the Packers are regretting trading away Brett Hundley, who was their backup last year, who looked okay, got off to a rocky start. It was really his first extended time right. in the NFL. They traded him away. Now they have Deshaun Kaiser, who is his head's probably still spinning, and it's totally normal because he's just getting there. He's just learning a new system. He's not entirely comfortable with it yet. I hope that's not why they're making a decision, saying, "Well, we're really bad at backup, so we have to put Aaron Rodgers out there because you can do some things, run a basic offense. Maybe your defense is able to shut down these two teams, especially the Bills. Like you should say, all right, but if you go one and one and get to the break where you're two one and one." You would be thrilled. Absolutely. And more importantly, you get back a fully healthy Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think they're going to just roll with it. And I just wonder what happens later. Maybe at the bye week is the time that he needs. And they're trying to say, look, let's just get us to week seven. No. Have that rest. No. I, I'm with you. For a deep bone bruise that you're playing on every week and a compromised ligament, one bye week isn't enough. Yeah, exactly. All right. So Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. Everybody, Jimmy GQ, you know, got the big deal, got his paycheck, got his payday. Everybody loves Jimmy GQ, right? Yeah. Gets paid. First game out, three picks, loss. A couple of rough ones, too. Pick six against the Vikings. Second game, a little bit better against Detroit, was more efficient. Still struggled a little bit on third down. He was six of third, uh, six of 15 on third down. They're 23rd in the NFL right now. This game, I think, is huge for Jimmy Garoppolo. They're going on the road to play against Kansas City. We've all seen how Patrick Mahomes is absolutely lighting up every team he's faced so far. I think this is going to be one where you see what really what you get from Jimmy Garoppolo. Is it huge for him to win the game or is it huge for him to play well? Because he could play well. The Chiefs defense is terrible. But the Chiefs offense could still wind up smoking him even if he plays well. I think he's got to play well. I think he's got to put up a game 
where if he's in a shootout and you see these two young quarterbacks going back and forth and they're trading touchdown for touchdown and he has cool. you know, 300, 400 yards, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, one interception, and not a costly one in that game, I think he'll be fine. Here's the thing, and you hit on it. Winning changes the perception of you as a player. Right. It's, I saw it firsthand. Like The Giants paid me a nice contract because we went to the playoffs, and I did the same exact thing the next year, and we lost, and they cut me. I had the, almost the exact same stats, which is not a good thing. I didn't progress, get better, and that's why they made the decision to move on. But they liked me when we won. Right. Winning changed the perception. Perfect example, and this drove me nuts. I was watching Kirk Cousins play against the Packers this past weekend. Kirk Cousins is lighting the world on fire. Yeah. Finished the day with four touchdowns, one interception. The one interception that actually was accounted for was at the end of regulation, and it went right through his receiver's hands, right through the hands. Pops up, pick the other way. Everybody on Twitter saying, up, oh, same old Kirk Cousins, can't win the big game. And I'm sitting there like yelling. I'm like, are you guys nuts? The throw was perfect. It looked like they were going to lose. Now he comes back, brings it back, and they get the tie. He did get a gift because of the Clay Matthews hit, which extended him. You know, he's able to come right, back. part of the game. But he still went toe-to-toe with one of the greatest in the business. And I think it even helped him that they tied. Like, that helped his perception. But if they would have lost that game, the narrative coming out would have been, Kirk Cousins still can't win the big game. Well, it would have been mine. And that's, I mean, I don't know. First of all, I don't, know, I don't know if I can I trust it. you when it comes to perception <laughs> yes. of, yes, of, uh, that's my love affair, but I was, I would have been in the camp of, you know, just not really digging into the numbers. Right. I, I would, the perception as I sat and watched that game that day was like, this is what they brought them in for. Absolutely. Like this is my Minnesota was a really good team last yeah, year. 13 and they, three. They, before, they, supposed to they win brought them. him in to win that game. And so I, I guess your point, I guess your point is I throws he made to get them back in the game. I did. And as the game kept going, I was like, no, he's, he's balling a little bit, but you're right. Like winning, you know, look, they, when you're getting paid like that, Expectation. There's an expectation that goes along with it. And it ain't just to be a, 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 a damn good quarterback. It's to be a winning, like, great quarterback when they, when they pay you that kind of money. At least it should be. When right. you're, when you're going to a good team that's already established like Minnesota. Jets, Browns play tonight. Who do you think is favored? The Browns, bro. Who do you think is favored? Um, I don't know. Oh, where is it? At home? So this is a short week, right? If it's at home, a short week, then the Browns are favored. I think you're going to be surprised who's favorite. I'm going to tell you who it is next. Right. And we got Emory Hunt. He's going to pick the game and a bunch of others coming up this weekend. All right. That's next on Off the Bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench. I start with Socially Relevant. I bring you guys good news of great joy this morning. I have been waiting since 1996, I think, to say this. Ready? Everybody get up. It's time to say it. <laughs> we got we a got real, real damn go. go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, Anna. Single dance. Single dance. This is space champ. All right. I love it. Okay, I'm Keep done. it going. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> I got I the whole it. thing memorized. She's the dancing at 738 in the I know, morning. I love it. I got my coffee, guys. I'm feeling good. The Space Jam sequel is finally going down, this time with LeBron James. Black Panther director Ryan Coogler is also on board, as well as filmmaker Terrence Nance. So are you guys as shamelessly hyped as I am for this revival? No doubt. My boys watched Space Jam in the car yesterday on the way down to fishing and the way home. Um, I used to love Space Jam. It was a great movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm fired up. I think it's great. I'm even more fired up about it because I have kids too. Like it'll yeah. be, it'll be one where I'm, I'll be there opening night. Like, Absolutely. Hey, you, you, you might have to hook us up like at the premiere. Like a premiere. Like I, I don't have pool like that. I don't know. <laughs> to get us there. But I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be cool to see 
what young players and what other players he'll get to come in with him and be in the movie. Sure. Like, is it going to be everybody? You know, are you going to see KD in there? Are you yeah, going to get Kawhi Leonard? Well, what I, what I hope he does is he goes out and finds the guys, because there's some really good personalities in the NBA. Right. I hope he goes out and finds the guys that have that personality that you want to see in front of the camera. Maybe not, like, the biggest star in the world. Uncle Drew in there? Are you going to sometime do a Kyle Oh, that would crossover? be, that would be dope. That would be that great, would be cool, right? Yeah. If you can kind of tie him into the movie. Yeah. Thing, like, that'd be fantastic. So yeah, we're fired up. I just have to say, I don't even have kids, and I'm going to be there opening night. So <laughs> it's nice. good to know we're all equals. Right You'll now. be dancing and yeah. singing the song. <laughs> I'll be the hype girl. All right. So earlier this week, a Red Sox 2018 division banner went missing and wound up in the hands of two local Boston guys. These guys were willing to return this iconic piece of history, but only for a cost. They told everyone that they were holding it hostage. They were looking for something in return. Well, now. Officials told the Boston Globe that the banner was dropped off yesterday, just hours before the team took the field against the Yankees in an attempt to clinch that AL East crown. And what did these guys get in return? Nothing. These two men claimed that they found this banner on the street. All they wanted was at least some local hero street cred in exchange. So if this were you guys and you found your favorite team's banner, would you try to keep it or would you give it back? I try to keep it. I think I might have it up in the man cave in the basement. Like that would be outstanding. Why would you tell anybody that you have that? (laughs) Right, exactly. Socks. Did you see? Did you see what happened with the FanDuel uh, bet that happened? Uh So there was a dude that got basically. I don't. He didn't get ripped off. So he was putting a bet, a wager on a game uh, with FanDuel, and it was the Broncos Raiders game. And he goes up to the thing, and he's expecting the Broncos to come back. They were down 19-17 at the 20-yard line. They're driving in. They kick a field goal and win it. So before the field goal is kicked, he wants to take the Broncos to win the game. He was going to put down 110 bucks, and he was only going to win $18, but it looked like a lock. So he was going to get his little 18% yeah. return on his investment. Instead, there was a glitch in the system. So it paid out plus 75000 instead of the plus what or minus 600 whatever the bet was right so he was owed $82,809 <laughs> that was supposed to be his payout so he's all fired up he yeah. sees that they the Broncos win the game he gets the bet takes the ticket up to the window and they're like oh this is a glitch what so yeah, that's not the my, reaction not my problem have, right that's yeah. what he said and they said well you know what we'll give you $500 nope and we'll give you three <laughs> skybox no. the giants game no and <laughs> that's exactly what he said yeah. so He's suing. He's got his attorney. Good for you, bro. I think it's awful publicity for FanDuel. They're going to have to do something where there'll be a settlement because it is tricky. Do you go for the 82 or would you leave for 50? For 50 racks? Yeah. I'd probably walk for 50 racks. <laughs> I think I would. I mean, for a $100 bet. 25. But if you're FanDuel, like, that's one of those where, the, dude, that's on you. Like, right. you just make that right. Right. I mean, because the business that you may potentially lose for people fearing that that could happen to them could Right. Be. Hannah, what would you do? Would you? How much would it take for you to buy you out of it? The, the book made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So you're not technically like it's a rough eighty two thousand a lot to ask for. What would they make you go away? Not a lot to ask for if that's what they say they owe you. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. I would put up a fight. I think I'd put up a fight. Would ten grand get you out? Yeah. <laughs> ten grand. Th- right. Seriously, I mean ten grand would like it was hundred and ten bucks. It's all you laid down. No, that's the thing. You only put down hundred and ten bucks. If I only put down hundred and ten and no, I literally if they were like, Here's two thousand, I'd be like, Great, bye. <laughs> I wouldn't, I, I don't, I, I talk a big game, but I really would take the money and run. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right. Stuff. That's all for socially relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canal and Bell. Danny, what's coming up next? All right. So we got Thursday night football tonight. Yeah. I teased this like 8,000 times, right? What right. the spread is. So the Browns won 32 and one over their last 34 games. That's so, that's so bad. They are favored against the New York Jets. It is in Cleveland. It's a home game for them. Yeah. They've been close. 
almost came like they're, they're having their their hearts have been broken. It's it's so bad because they are a couple field goals away from being two and zero, which I'm kind of irritated about because I said they can make the playoffs this year. They have uh, talent. Yeah. But here's why you see is when they're this close, they haven't got it to go there, so they're still o one and one. All of Cleveland's sitting there watching it, saying, "Man, we could open up those beers. We're ready to go. They're ready to go." Uh, so let's uh, let's actually we're gonna bring in our guy Emery Hunt. Come Emery! Joins us every Thursday, gives us some picks, college and NFL. Let's start there with the Jets and Browns. The Browns, home favorite, worst team in the NFL the last couple years. Do you take the favorite? Do you trust the Browns, or do you ride Sam Darnold and the Jets in this one? I completely trust the Browns in this one, and it's because of Sam Darnold going up against Greg Williams. That's the rookie quarterback going up against one of the more aggressive defensive coordinators in the game. I think they're going to force a couple turnovers. The Browns, like you just mentioned, they should be 2-0 and right now, and I think they get their first win against the Jets tonight. Um, Emery, uh, Carson Wentz returning this week, uh, by all accounts. The Colts uh, plus six at Eagles. What do you think? You know, having had an ACL injury, the biggest thing to overcome is, is the mental part of it. And when your game is predicated on mobility and being able to escape like Carson Wentz's game is, I don't know how ready he is. I have to see it first, though, because of that and because of the coaching matchup, knowing their personnel best. I would say the Colts can win this game outright. So I would say take the points and take the Colts in the points in this. And I like the Colts in this game. Yeah, Carson Wentz coming back, you definitely wonder what kind of rust is going to play in a factor. Uh, Andrew Luck coming back from his, you know, lengthy, um, you know, hiatus from football dealing with injuries. At least he's got two games under his belt to get comfortable. Let's move over to the college football. We got Emory Hunt joining us. He's our sports line expert here. You can follow him on Twitter at FBallGamePlan on Twitter. He crushed it last week, three and two. I was a little upset with him because he did call that uh, Syracuse win over Florida State. But let's move it over to the college guys. You got Boston College. They're a six and a half point favorite against Purdue. Purdue is a team that's it's zero and three, so they look bad on paper, but they've had some really tough losses. BC is a team that followed that people are falling in love with as they're three and zero. That makes me nervous a little bit playing them as the favorite in this one. Who do you like? I like BC in this game. I, I can't remember a time, maybe going back to when Pete Mitchell played tight end, that BC had a passing game, and, and now that you have that coupled with AJ Dillon running the football. And their defense is opportunistic. They've been playing some solid defense. I know Wake Forest gave them some issues throwing the football, but they were able to turn the ball over there. I think they can win this game all right. I would say later points to BC. I love their passing game. Now they have balance. Um, I was supposed to ask you about Eastern Mission and Michigan and San Diego State, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going. I'm going to ask you. Like, is there a game that you really like this week that 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 we may not see coming? I think North Texas is still on a roll. I know you can have a big letdown after beating Arkansas, but you look at this game now coming in, coming up, um, this is a Conference USA opponent that really has that look of a, of a team that's going to go far. So I think with whoever they play, um, the team flips on his mind. I know they are favorites in that ball game. Lay the points with North Texas. They're 13.5-point favorites in that, in that ball game. So North Texas, to me, is a team that's for real. Their offense is explosive. Mason Fine may not get highest in consideration, but he should be in consideration for the Davey O'Brien Award at least. So I think North Texas and, and how they're playing right now, the team that they have to look to, to really crush it in conference, USA. Yeah, North Texas is hot as it gets right now. They had the fake uh, punt uh, where he did the fair catch and then actually took it like yeah. 70 yards against Arkansas, and they dominated that game. It wasn't even close. Mississippi State. Monster win over your raging Cajun, 56 to 10 last week. They're on a roll. A lot of people like this team in the SEC West. 
They're going against Kentucky. Kentucky just broke their, you know, monster streak of 31 straight losses to Florida. Mississippi State is a 10-point favorite. Big number in the SEC. Who do you like in this matchup? Because of the, the fact that they beat my Raging Cages last week so sound, that's just a strong football team in Louisiana. So I, I, I was completely impressed. But in this ball game against Kentucky, you have to step down and wait class for them. Um, but I, I look at Mississippi State, I see them as a team that has great offensive line, defensive line, combined with Joe Moorhead's ability to work with that personnel. This is a dangerous team in the West. I think they can give Alabama more of a run than anyone else on that side of the conference. So I would say lay the points with Mississippi State. I think they roll against Kentucky. All right, good stuff, Emory. Appreciate it. Three and two last week. Hope the uh, hot streak continues. Appreciate that, guys. All right, let's finish it up with some leftovers. We're going to take a break. I want to, There's a CBS put out a list of our NBA top 100 players. Was I on it? Was I, oh, yeah. Was, you were a contributor. I, oh, I thought it was on it. My bad. <laughs> no, no. It's all-time 100. This is current. My current. bad. Sorry. Current players. I think we're going to have some beef with some of the ones they came up with. Okay. I want to hear who you have a beef with. That's coming up next on Off the Bench. All right, let's finish it off some leftovers because we have some good stuff here. CBS Sports, NBA, top 100 is out. Right. Who was your 100th player? Because you submitted a list. Do you remember? I know who it is. Uh, no. Uh, Mar- Markel Fultz. Car- Carmelo Anthony? Carmelo Anthony, yes. <laughs> 100. Oh, yes, so correct. correct. Don't diss him, so at least he's in the top 100. Yes. Although I think he's hanging on by a thread. Did I have Let- Melo at 100? <laughs> I have Melo at 100. <laughs> <laughs> so let's look at the top 10, because the top 10 is really what everybody's yeah. kind of aware of. They're out there. One and two, absolutely no surprise whatsoever. LeBron, one. Kevin Durant, two. I have a beef with three. Anthony okay. Davis, good player, but how can you not have Steph Curry at three? Because you should not be at four either. <laughs> so what are you saying? He should be at five. Really? Yeah, or you six. Put, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. You don't think Steph Curry is a nope. top three player in the NBA? I do not. Why? I'm, and it's not it's not a knock on Steph. I think is Steph's fantastic. I, yeah, I think if you, if you took Steph and you dropped him into another scenario, like – it's size a lot of times for me. Like I don't what know is, that that translates. That yeah, has. it's I don't know that 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 translates everywhere you take it. Like I know that I take like James Harden, it's big, strong. Like he does it. Like you would take Harden over Steph Curry. I'm taking James Harden. I got beef with you yeah. on that one because you're talking about one of the greatest shooters of all time. Can create his own shot. Both of them aren't going to give you much defensively, but I think his length extends the floor. His I think I would rather his range. I think yeah. I would rather see that to help everybody else around him rather than the guys who are a little no, bit more of a. I don't know, a ball hawk type of guy. I'm taking James and, and I have a beef with Kawhi just cause he hasn't played in a while. At, at you would have six. him lower. Yeah. Cause at one time he was no doubt top five. Yeah, of course. And he might still be, but right. I haven't seen him in a minute. Right. And Giannis was fantastic last year. What about Chris Paul at nine? Is that too high? Probably. Or is that about accurate? It's probably a little high. I mean, what he can do when healthy at his best, like he's really, really special, but he's getting a little older and he's injured a lot. And there are other guys, uh, you know, you got the Kyries of the world. You got like, I mean, there are other guys that you could be vying for the, for the top 10. All right. What about Joel Embiid at 10? A little young in his career. He showed a lot of potential. He struggled with injury issues. I think if he's healthy and if he continues to develop, I think he absolutely is a top 10. I just don't know if he is right now. Correct. I am. I, like, That's I don't like I have with some of these beefs. Like you get or some of these lists is, all right, where are you projecting? Are you going? For the future, or is it right now? If it's right now, is what we've seen. Then he's so not far. top ten. What about Russ? I'm surprised Russ is at eight. Where do you think he should be? I think he'd be a little bit higher. I would. It's really tough to put him higher when you see some of these other names. Maybe he is accurate. And then Giannis, because I think Giannis, if you looked at him, the same I'd have you look at Joel Embiid. I think you'd put him higher. 
I'd have Russ above Giannis right now. Um, but Giannis is a top 10. Giannis is more ready to be in that list right now than Joel Embiid is. Like Giannis is already on the scene. There's some things that he, you know, needs to round his game out with, but he's already out of his mind and Embiid shows the flashes and he's really good but they're just they're they're flashes they may be like I don't know 10 11 game snippets right now but it's not it's a right. couple years away for him to he's be developed yes. yeah, he's yeah. got to get a little bit better shooting from outside uh Darren Williams Jerry Sloan big beef they had all time like it's it's well known yeah, they buried one. the hatchet so I want to but you are very familiar with this beef yeah I was there so, t- so give us the goods, man. But uh, you want to know what happened the night that it? I want to hear your like. I want to hear how bad it was. It, it was really bad. So when I got back to Utah, I went. We had Darren coming back. You had Al Jefferson. You had Paul Millsap. I thought everything was good to go. Like this was. I wasn't gonna play for a championship necessarily, like with the Heat, but it was still viable. We were gonna be in the playoffs, and we could try to play for something. Um, we were struggling with offense early in the preseason. Uh, the sl- Jerry and. And, and Phil, um, Johnson had run a, the same system forever. And so, you know, we, it's intricate. Like there are a lot of reads, read based, but you know, it, it, it produced. And so we were struggling to get it. Some of the new guys were struggling to get it in training camp. And so Darren one day was like, Hey, why don't we stay after practice, um, as a team and we'll go through some of this stuff, right? So I'm looking over at the, like the door to the stairs and I see Jerry like lurking. This is like 30 minutes. 35 minutes after practice and he's like seething. I can see him pacing in there. And so I go over, I'm like, dude, what's going on? Like, Jerry, what's up, man? And he's like, this mother, mother, like he, he's doing this to undermine what we're doing. Like I was like, coach, look, man, you know me. I'm your guy. I came back to play for you. That's not what this is about. This is just us trying to get on the same page with some of the new guys so that we can run this stuff. He launched into like, he's a little beep. He's been doing this to me. Whoop de whoop de And I said, coach, again, I can't speak to any of that. I haven't been here in, in five years, but I promise you, that's not what this is. This is all of us trying to get on the same page. And so he was just irate. I talked him off the ledge. Fast forward to like, I don't know, four months later. And I've told it on the, on the pod before about how the relationship deteriorated in game because Darren made a call, uh, that was the same call that Jerry made just on the other side of the floor. Jerry just kind of lost his stuff. They wouldn't speak to each other during the game. They argued at halftime. I was relaying the messages in-game, real-time. Um, at the end of the game, instead of saying, one, two, three, jazz, he put his hand in, and Jerry said, one, two, three, good luck. Mm. I showed up that I showed up the next morning to get my treatment. Jerry Sloan had already resigned. <laughs> so I'm good. Good to see they it's put good. that past it, right? It's really Fair good. That it's really, really good. I heard we got photos coming tomorrow, your fishing trip. What? Yeah. I, somebody took photos? Look at that. Oh, there we hey. go. Hey, look at that. That was you. What is that? that a Jack, a Jack Cavalli or something? Where'd you guys get that picture? Yeah. Congrats. Happy birthday. Thanks, brother.